Well, it was a hell of a week. I didn't like it. No. No. No, it wasn't fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess we should explain. Sure. So in Victoria and in BC altogether, there's this new mandate that's coming out. It's the vaccine mandate. It's not even a mandate. I mean, for some healthcare workers in long-term health, yeah, in, in long-term care homes, that's the mandate. Otherwise, it's a card. Yeah, you need to prove, prove that you've had two doses of vaccine eventually in October. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is to get you into kind of like recreational places, like a restaurant, any events, mm-hmm. like concerts and things like that, uh, your gym. But you can still go to the grocery store if you're not double vaxxed. Yeah. You can still get your essentials if you're not double vaxxed, but you won't have the ability to go into... It's not essential Not essential, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, obviously, there's going to be some conflict with that because now people are saying that their rights are taken away mm-hmm. and that they won't have access to these things and that it's, you know, it's their body, it's their choice. That's how they're seeing it. Do I understand where they're coming from? Kind of, but oh. I think that they're just misinformed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was a really difficult week for a lot of people to see this unfold particularly outside the hospitals, which have absolutely nothing to do with the policies. And as a matter of fact, they are the places that are the ones who have to deal with now very predominantly unvaccinated people coming in very sick, dealing with COVID, as well as trying to save other people's lives and trying to protect them. You know, I I saw how many stories from like cancer patients who had to wade through this crowd of thousands of people yelling and screaming and being unreasonable. And uh, they were there for their chemo appointments. And when you're on chemo and fighting cancer, your immune system is right down near next to dinosaur bones and not that great. And so at, at greatest risk from this COVID virus, um, it's just devastating. Yeah. It's just, it was so frustrating and hard, I think, on a lot of people's mental health to see that. We've been doom scrolling a lot in the last year and a half. Yeah. But it just was so much this week when this was just everything, especially, you know, so hyper local mm-hmm. to um, British Columbia that, uh, that this is what we had to see and deal with on our timelines. And, uh, yeah, it, look, it, I like to think of myself, Jen, as a pretty mentally strong person. Like, when the news gets down, I am pretty optimistic still. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I try and keep optimistic about pretty much everything. But this just depressed me in such a powerful way. I, I get so frustrated with the futility that there's this so loud, screaming, dumb minority of people who are so loud and are holding the rest of us back. I'm sorry. I'm so, Look it. I'm, I don't mean to harsh on, you know, it's like these people out there protesting, you can do that. That's your right. Mm-hmm. Um, you, hey, do you want to have a conversation about this card rollout and how that might infringe upon certain rights and how it's, you know, hard to do because of social or financial inequities? I mean, like, it's going to be rolled out on your phone um, predominantly. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about how people won't be able to afford a phone, aren't going to be able to, you know, go to a movie theater or whatever, and yeah. that's not fair to them. Okay, let's have those conversations. Yeah. Are there things that you're actually concerned about surrounding this card um, policy that we have to put into effect now because you won't get a vaccine? Let's talk about those things. Mm-hmm. Those are worth having a discussion about but to go out and protest in that way and uh, Mm -hmm. based on like as I think you mentioned 
bad information. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very, very frustrating. It is frustrating because we're beyond the point of trying to convince people that the vaccine is a good idea. You know, when people call yeah. in just trying to convince us that we should not get the vaccine or whatever right. it is. Mm-hmm. It's like we're past that at this point. Mm-hmm. This is like deep rooted beliefs now. Yeah. And it goes beyond information. It's beliefs. Yeah. I have been hearing, though, that there have been, you know, like some people who have now gotten a vaccine because of these mandates because they were just not really sure about it. Yeah, they were a little sure. scared. You yeah. know, it is, you know, it, their fear comes into this as well. And mm-hmm. like, it's okay to be afraid, mm-hmm. but get the right information and educate yourself and make sure that you're good moving forward. And people have gotten the vaccine since, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was totally pointed in the wrong direction, though. Mm-hmm. Go to the legislature. Yes, there was a protest there. That's yeah. totally fine. Oh, yeah. Great. Protest that. You yes. believe in this? Mm-hmm. Sure. Protest it. Everyone has the right to do that. Yeah. But to go to the hospitals, the people who've been working the hardest over the last year and a half and have not only been saving everyone's ass from this virus but have also been keeping other people alive and trying to make room for those people it just it was so disgusting it was absolutely disgusting and what was even more gross was the fact that we would say hey that's disgusting and then people would come and say that we're fucking terrible people for thinking that (laughs) and like and like we're we are the mainstream media we're pushing propaganda to the public and it's like there's no getting through that i'm totally you're done i'm done i'm so done with this week i'm so done with this whole thing everyone's done Mm -hmm. and by pushing that sort of protest it was just making it hard for everyone else who's going through it, especially healthcare workers who've been going through it the hardest. It was very disappointing, and um, and I, and it did. It really weighed on me. Um, but you know, it just—I think this is the problem again, though. Of like, when you look at the world through the prism of either a timeline or social media or you know news, you know, as we often tend to do. Mm-hmm. You see it, it beca- it's like it just becomes like overwhelming. But I'm here to tell you that I went to the Italian deli downtown yesterday for lunch and it really did bring back a, uh, an amount of like optimism of the world because people were friendly. Nice. It, it reminded me that, that that's not the th- everything that's going on. No. That's a very small minority of people who are, you know, and, and I, I, I'm mad at them. I am disappointed and disgusted by their behavior, but I also, I'm trying to remain compassionate that like they are just drowning in yeah. bad information and that's what's going on. They, and, and they've been, you know, confirmation biased. They leaned one way. I don't know. I don't really understand. I don't trust. And so then there's this whole horrible swirling maelstrom of an apparatus to like suck you in and tell you that, yeah, vaccines are not the way and take this horse medicine instead. Yeah. And it just confirms what they already are weary about. And no one's doing their own research. I read this great thing this morning that was like, nobody did research. You and I, we I took our do. vaccine. We yeah. didn't do research. No. We no. worked in what a is, laboratory. Do you know what research is? <laughs> It's not going on the internet. And right. yeah, I, sometimes I say, do your research. But it's like, no, just like make sure that you're getting information from the people who have done research right. is what I mean. Yes. Because <laughs> um, I just, haven't. No. no, no. The research that we all have done, whether whether on anti-vax or pro-vax, like we are, um, is that we listened to other people. And you, that's where you're really going to make the decision. Where Who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust doctors? And health professionals and all these people, 
you know, or are you going to trust some hinky website? So if you just let that go and just understand that you're like, you just are being fed information. And so you got to see which tube it's coming out of. Yeah. Um, that's really important. And, um, you know, obviously ivermectin was all in the news this week. People were like, oh, yeah, yeah ivermectin. It's, it's all more about this, you know, people who don't. Uh, it's wild to me. You won't trust the vaccine, so you think this horse medicine is what the way to go, and it and that's what it is too. Like there is a human version of it, mm-hmm. but that's not what people are taking. The people are going to tractor and horsey stores and buying the horsey version of the medicine, and then they are getting terribly sick for taking it. But I didn't realize. I'm like, oh, I wonder what it is. It's a big giant pill. You know, you think of yeah. like, what is a horse? What kind of medicine does a horse taste? Take it is a paste. Oh. And it tastes like apples and Vaseline. Oh. <laughs> so, like, I just... Yum, 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 yum. I, the, the fact that it tastes like apples has been making me chuckle quietly to myself, just imagining Joe Rogan taking a big spoonful <laughs> of horsey medicine and being like, nom, 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 and it being like apples. Uh, oh, my... Uh, oh, it just warms my heart a little, a little apple bit. Okay. sauce. <laughs> That's what we call it. <laughs> Wait, wouldn't that be your first clue? Like, apples, huh? Not a lot of medicine tastes like apples. huh? I remember earache medicine tasting like bananas, but that was when I was a child. <laughs> and, oh, what if earache, what if this is all a big conspiracy now? Earache medicine is just, that's big pharma feeding us monkey medicine. Yeah, I take a f- full <laughs> liter of it every morning <laughs> in my smoothie. Oh, God. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, it was a, it was quite a wild week um there was a point where we were doing like prep for the show and i just couldn't get past any of this Mm -hmm. protest news Mm -hmm. like everything i opened i was like oh there might be something here and then boom something about the protest news so i would like doom scroll through it and get frustrated at the comments so there was one day where we didn't have prep for one of the breaks so paul just the hero that he is is like i found something about tempering chocolate so so i'm just gonna I'm just going to talk about that. I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, we're going in with a a break about tempering chocolate. I'm going to try to make my way through. I was like, okay, you got this, dude. And I just like, you could hear Chelsea laughing in the background of one of the creative writers Uh because she was in the room for this. She was like, I have no idea, guys, what you should talk about. Anyway, so you'll hear that on the the podcast. And that's why we're laughing so hard (laughs) is because we like went in there with nothing. It's so stupid. And uh, but I did learn something new about chocolate. I I didn't know they did that. Yeah, it's pretty cool, Paul. And you know what I didn't connect it to at the time, obviously, because we're just blasting through it with no information, but yeah. tempering is something that they, they do with steel. Oh. And like to make steel strong, like you temper a sword. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't think about that to connect right. the two, but it's a similar uh, process <laughs> to what you would do with a sword. Yeah. Okay, to make it strong enough to hold up in battle. Yeah. You did I do that to chocolate? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Have you ever watched the YouTube videos of the guy who makes swords and knives out of anything? No. Oh, it's really, really good. It's like good old-fashioned ASMR, but not mouth noises. Okay, You know, like good, like cutting things and boiling things. And I've seen him make a knife out of milk. What? Did you just temper the milk? I don't know if it's tempering, but he does all sorts of like science-y things. It takes like 10 minutes in this video to get through. And he's just like burning things down. And in the end, he comes out with a knife that's made out of milk. Wow. really cool. Okay, great recommendation. Yeah, I don't know what it's called, his YouTube channel, but it's really good. If you need um, a break from all the nonsense, go and check out the (laughs) milkman. 
whatever his name is. <laughs> nice boy. And enjoy that. And yeah, um, yeah okay, sorry. Just to finish here, okay. just the last point I'll make, and that I was that's what I was trying to get to, is whether it's an Italian deli and eating an mm. ultimate meatball sandwich or whatever it is, you're going to Tofino this weekend oh, so to sit yeah. in a cabin. My in the phones rain. don't work right now, so God, that's oh, a blessing. Yeah. Um, there is other going on in the world, yeah. and uh, try and if it's if it's a hard time for you and you're feeling as depressed as we were at certain points and and whatever, like th- there's other stuff going on. It's like this is not as ubiquitous as you think it is. Yeah. This is not. We're not having a civil war on our very doorsteps yeah. with these anti-vax people. This is you know something that's going on. We're going to move through this. It's a very difficult time. But I think that hopefully once the vaccine card comes into effect, mm-hmm. I think I'm hoping gonna, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, I'm trying to remain positive about yeah. it. I'm optimistic that it's going to have its intended effect, that it's going to help most of us get back to as normal as humanly possible and hopefully convince others that are on the fence that this is not so bad to get your vaccine and then get back to life. That's what we can do to help other people yes. and businesses Keep and everything. People out of the hospital is the main thing. And that's why they're uh, doing it. Um, yeah. I know there's a, this big pressure this week to feel like you have to do something about it. I know a lot of people are like posting and like feeling like they had to yeah. post and feeling really overwhelmed about it. And it's their problem yeah. at this point. Yes. They're going through this. The people who aren't vaccinated. Yeah. Right. You know? Yes. It's like, that's their problem. They have to work through this. Yeah. We've, we've worked through it. Yeah. We got a vaccine. We did it. Good job. I, I'm, We're, you know, this, this was your choice. It's a hundred percent your choice. It is your choice. It is your body. You can do whatever you want you with it. You just won't be able to go to Denny's. Yeah. Now ah. there are repercussions. Actually, maybe Denny's will probably be like, ah, sure. Whatever. Come on in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Denny seems like the vibe for that, but that's yeah. it. That's mm-hmm. it. You you did your research in the way that we did our research. That we found our information and we landed on two different spots. And now we're just this is how it's going to be. We're going to go through life in two different ways. Yeah. Uh, it's very frustrating, but it's not okay. all that's going on. It's not all that's going on. I hope you have a great long weekend. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, Paul's doing mornings next week, so there won't be a podcast oh. <laughs> classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we love you, and thank you for continuing to listen. We love you. Ivermectin tastes like apples. <laughs> Okay, I, I think I think the baby's coming. I know, Jen. Just uh, don't worry. Just focus on your breathing. I will get you to the hospital. You have to drive faster. This is what friends are for. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh, no. oh god. What? What? It's another James Gordon flash mob. Oh my god! Uh, Not right now. I'm please, out the dude. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. We gotta go to the hospital. Why Stop are you this. looking like that at us? Gross. Get, get off. Okay, 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 okay. I'm just gonna drive through them. Just drive right through. Okay, okay, okay. Stay calm. We're almost there. Uh, oh, no. oh my gosh, what? The blue bridge is going up. Ah. Uh, welcome, little guy. I'm so sorry. This is how you entered the world. Then you got uh, Costco membership this weekend, eh? Yeah, you want to congratulate me? Congratulations. Thank you so I'm very much. proud of you. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. It's <sighs> a big step. You know, I was going to Costco with a friend who had a membership because I didn't have a membership. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pull the plug. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a big old adult and get this thing. And then what? I spent $500 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at Costco and now I'm stressed. <laughs> so. that'll, that'll chill yeah. out a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, I was at Costco this weekend as well and um, had this b- really bad moment where I guess we were there a little later in the day and mm-hmm. uh, then I, you know, go through the till and I'm ready to go and get my hot dog, and which is obviously the highlight of every single trip for oh, me. Yeah. And the 
cafeteria was closed. Oh. And I can tell you, I was so upset. I was a volcano that exploded. I was trying oh, no. to be chill around, you know, I'm in public and, you know, I'm with <laughs> other people. I don't want to be like a monster, but right. I was really, really upset, like very mad. Oh, wow. That I couldn't get my hot dog. This is a good example of what's called a micro stressor. Okay. There's this great article going around right now. No one can read it because it's behind a paywall. Hmm, sounds like a micro stressor to me. Yes, exactly. Um, that experts are saying that day to day small annoyances that happen to us all are a huge problem. These things actually build up right. and can cause more stress, more anxiety, can ruin our lives way more even than those big giant stressors that you think, you know, that come around, you know, once every few years, a couple right. of times in a lifetime. I feel like that's even like heightened because we have this like almost thunder cloud of stress that's over all of us because yes. of this last year and how terrible it is. And those little minor inconveniences really like seem like a lot in the moment lately. You might be thinking about your friends like, wow, you know, we've gone through this pandemic, but they've really handled it well. What you yeah. don't know is they're at home, they got bit by a spider and they're <laughs> yeah. freaking out <laughs> yeah. and screaming at their families. Uh. And what really is brutal about this too is that like no one is going to, Say, oh, I'm so sorry that you forgot your mask and you had to go back home. No one's going to buy you flowers because you were stuck in construction. Right. Um, no one says I'm sorry. No one has the appropriate amount or any amount of compassion for you when you stub your toe or anything or get bit by a spider. Oh, yeah. Or get stuck in an ad on a YouTube channel. Oh, right. Exactly. You know? Good example. Yes. Yeah. So that becomes really hard. So here are some things. This paywall article mentions two of the four things that you can do to chill yourself out. Mm -hmm. One of the things it says to do is get outside. Okay. Well, there's a lot of micro stressors outside. Do you find? Oh, that's where I find. Yep. Construction is one of them for me. <laughs> I mean, like, I think it means going to the woods. Okay. Yeah. Away from everyone. Yeah, Sounds good. Okay. Right. Yeah. Try to avoid splinters <laughs> and then just chill out. Here's the other one that I think is really effective. Imagine what your future self might think about your current situation. Oh. So I try and deal with this too, again, as I try and have a handle on my anger. Is future me looking at a memory of me freaking out about a Costco <laughs> hot dog? What would they say? Maybe think a little embarrassed. Be a little embarrassed, yeah. yeah. So if you think about that for a second, you're like, oh, right, this is nothing. Chill out, breathe it out, move on with your life. We had a bunch of zoners text in. What kind of just like just little things that get them frustrated. And then when it compiles, you know, you feel a little bit more stressed and a little bit more anxiety ridden. And then and the big thing, the big takeaway, the thing I learned today, too, was that these things are hard because no one gives you any sympathy about yeah. them. They're like, you know, it's like it's a little thing. Yeah. And so but you're dealing with it still and yeah. it's frustrated you and it's ruined your day. And no one wants to give you any love for that at all, which is, ex we just experienced, is exceptionally frustrating. That's really crummy. Yeah. But pretty much all the responses are about driving. Uh, related to traffic. Yeah, everyone's really stressed out driving. Should we all bike, maybe walk? I don't know. I know. No one wants to give up their car. <laughs> no. Nah. We spend so much money to have these things. Yeah. And then they bother us. I feel us that, though, too. Yeah. yeah. One of the big stories from over on the mainland in the last little while that just captured the imagination and the fears of so many mm -hmm. park goers is, of course, the, well, we're assuming the drugged up coyotes that have been attacking. <laughs> well, right? They just get into drugs and then they just go wild. This is what experts assume. And they've been attacking people where usually they wouldn't do that. But, of course, the drugs. Oh, this has nothing to do with drugs. No, look that up, Jen. Okay, it, Experts what? think that the, the coyotes are getting into drugs. You're kidding. Look it up. I... Why do I lie to you like that? I don't know. That's
that's what you do? <laughs> okay, but, okay, so there has been a lot of people who have actually, like, gotten attacked from these coyotes. They're oh, yeah. really, really violent, and they're just looking for food, and they're getting way too comfortable there. And they're on drugs. And the drugs, I guess. Uh, um, but there's some people who have been walking in Stanley Park, you know, for every single day for the last 10 years, and are like, these coyotes, they're not gonna stop me. Yeah. One man in particular, Bernie, he's 75 years old, and he's actually just continued walking in Stanley Park every day, but he goes into Stanley Park as if he were going into battle. <laughs> like he has acquired so many like coyote weapons. He always <laughs> carries a stick with him. Uh-huh. He's got bear spray. He's got a little can that he fills with coins and he shakes it to try and scare away the coyotes. Right. And he's just like, no matter what, I'm still going for my walk. I don't care if a coyote tries to attack me. I'm going to take him down. Good for this guy. Can you imagine being 75 years old? You work hard all your life. You get, he lives right near the park. Yeah, yeah. One of the most beautiful parks in the world. That is one of the, like the most extremely valuable real estate property. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. Oh, I live near, right near Stanley Park. Yeah. And you think some drugged up coyotes are going to stop you from going in there every day and enjoying it? Absolutely not. And I think that's what we should do to protect the people who want to go into Stanley Park. Just offer up some like chain mail before you go into the park. Like here's a sword. Okay. And here's your bear spray. Right. You got full bulletproof vest on you. Long sleeve sweaters. You're yeah. good to go. Yeah. They have, you know, those places where you can do like medieval cosplaying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get all the like wooden swords and everything from them. That'd be great. Yeah. LARPing is huge in Stanley Park <laughs> right now. I'm sending you the article right okay. now. It's true. An expert says that the coyotes are acting so <laughs> wacky in Stanley Park that like one of the only explanations could be that they're getting into drugs. I don't know if that's true. Okay. We got Why someone on the so line aggressive? right <laughs> Hello, the zone. Hey. Maybe they just need to give them different drugs. Oh, like chill oh them out. <laughs> well, there's some drugs you have to be careful because you can get chilled out, but you get a big appetite, so we oh, don't want them biting, that, you know? Yeah, now that, I, I'm aware of that factor yeah. uh, myself. And, right. Oh, yeah, they might, get ad- they might get addicted to ice cream. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> no. I've noticed in the past couple weeks here that downtown Victoria has been like more lively than mm. ever. There's mm. so many people and tourists, yeah. which is nice to see there's some life back in it. But Absolutely. it's also been really hard. I was talking to some of the servers downtown and they're like, we just don't have enough people and we're overwhelmed. Mm. And there's a lot of lines because we're short staffed. And then this past weekend, one of the busiest spots in Victoria, the Sticky Wicket and all of those bars that are attached to the Strathcona Hotel there were shut down. Wow. I can't even imagine it. Time, they just would be like, sorry, we have no one to slang beers. That was it. We got closed for the night. They just didn't have enough staff on hand, and they're wow. like, we cannot function this weekend like this. But they are open again today. Okay, but good. Yeah, people need to hire people, but there's no one to work. There's or who's willing to work. to work. Yeah, yeah I, so it's pretty wild. It's a tough time, I know, for these businesses as well, but I feel like... Uh, Maybe they got to raise the old wage there a little bit, entice people to do the work. Well, we're seeing that with some companies. They're, you know, raising it to a living wage instead Mm. of minimum wage. And that is, you know, bringing some more people in. But yeah, yeah, seems like a necessity in this uh, town. The other tough news that was this weekend. This was really a sad thing that uh, Lyle's Place, uh, it was made public that is going to be closing down. Um, a staple of downtown Victoria for 40 years. 40 years, eh? Wow. Uh, you know, used records and posters and all that kind of stuff. And I just remember, like, from all our concert listings for as long as I've been here, Lyle's Place, dependably, was a place you could go and buy concert tickets. Right. Other than that, 
I bought like a cassette tape when my car only had a cassette deck in it. I bought a couple of cassettes there and that wasn't enough to keep it open. Uh, well, it turns out that they're going to be having like this big closing sale. It's going to be bittersweet. There's going to be a lot of people just showing their support for that company. And yeah, and, yeah such a staple to downtown Victoria. Ah! Lots of love, Loud's Place. Yeah. Hope everything's all right for you. And we'll be there to celebrate when you close. people they don't want to take a vaccine so instead they're taking horse dewormers to treat COVID-19 what the heck that's so silly even the FDA had to come out and say you are not a horse you are not a cow please stop it y'all isn't that wild Paul can you believe this nay Paul you didn't you didn't take it did you Listen, Jen, Invermectin is a perfectly reasonable way to try. Yeah, I took it. I took the horse thing. (laughs) This Bob Ross documentary that I've been seeing on Netflix and that has like a really... Um, intriguing name, the mm-hmm. most one of the most wholesome people of all time. He's like up there, the wholesome trifecta, which is like Bob Ross, Mister Rogers, and I don't know, Carl Sagan from Cosmos. You know, mm-hmm. super classic and wholesome. And this documentary is all about like greed and scariness. So the title is called Bob Ross: Happy Accidents, Betrayal. And greed. Oh and I was thinking, are we going to learn that Bob Ross was an evil man? I mean, if you listen to some of his painting, it could easily turn evil. Like, listen to Pull this. Pull it through the paint, wiggling it. See? Wiggle it. Pull it through and wiggle it. Then sharp it, just like you would a knife. Okay? Look at how sharp it is. Boy, that son of a gun is just, you could shave with it. Look at that. Super sharp. Let's decide. Maybe there's a happy tree, evergreen tree. He lives right there. No, not this year, Jay. No, see, this just—it doesn't make sense. I don't love that. I'm not in the headspace for that confronting news right now. I know. I was evil. No, I was ready for that to be the reality (laughs) while watching this documentary, and I was so relieved to know that Bob Ross was a really good man. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, at least this is from his son's perspective. He loved his dad so much. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, I don't want to spoil anything, so if you don't want to, you know, me okay. to spoil it, this yeah. is going to be a big spoiler. Um, pretty much that when he passed, there were two people who were in charge of his company, mm-hmm. and they just made millions off of him because they had the rights to his name and they just refused to let his son in and his dad, Bob Ross, tried so hard to give him some of his pennies that he made and made sure that the legacy would live on under Steve Ross's name. But then this other company has just been taking him on. So all that Bob Ross stuff that you see in the stores now, it's going to these two people who were just using his name to get all of this money. What, like the, the DVDs? Of like the, the Chia Pets, like all those oh. Bob Ross stickers, Bob Ross t-shirts, pajamas, everything with Bob Ross is going to those two people. This, do they talk about the paintings at all? Because I, isn't there something to do with like how the paintings got locked away and no one shall ever have them? No, nothing about that. Okay, look into that a little okay. bit. If you're a Bob Ross super fan, that, they're like, 
I, I'm pretty sure this is right. There exists a warehouse that is like full to the brim of Bob Ross paintings. Whoa. That is like, it's like the big warehouse from Indiana Jones. Like no mm-hmm. one can ever go in there. It's all locked away forever, but it does exist. Oh, every single painting he did. Wow. Right on the show. So you can just imagine how much every single one of those would go for. Hopefully, fingers crossed. That's sad. Like mm-hmm. his son deserves that. Oh, I Steve, hope, yeah. yeah, I hope one day they open the warehouse up, they sell the paintings. Tell me what you would pay for a Bob Ross original. Oh, I would give my body for one of those. My entire body. Yeah. Just every have single me. part of it. Whatever. Just have all the money that <laughs> yeah. my body is worth. Yeah, and I hope all that money goes to his son. I'm trying to just wrap my mind around this and try to get my arms around it, Jen. There's this crazy story right now uh, that uh, talking about chocolate, okay? Yeah. Do you like chocolate? I love it. I love chocolate. Do you want more enthusiasm? Well, I'm just asking you to be honest. Love right now. chocolate. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I really like dark chocolate lately. Mm-hmm. Really? It. Yes, okay. yes. Did you know that there's a whole process that goes into a, a decent chocolate bar? Like any, mm. any good chocolate needs to be tempered. Mm. Okay, now that's what I'm trying to trying to understand <laughs> what this even means. Because if you don't temper it, you, then it doesn't get snappy. Yeah, you, know how, yeah. you know how good chocolate snaps? Yeah. Okay, you know how it like melts slowly on your tongue, mm-hmm. but then it's snappy when it's sitting on the counter? Beautiful. That's because of good tempering. Mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of baking shows and they always throw that term temper around. Do, oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, you tell me. I don't, I don't know. But I that's don't know what, what they it say? Means. They're like, this chocolate's been tempered? Yes. You're like, you have to temper your chocolate now. And then if you don't, then it just turns out to be like this terrible kind of goo. Bad tempering leads to the wrong texture and melting point. <laughs> it's also the precursor for blooming. That's when your chocolate goes white on the surface. Okay. Well, it's okay. good to know. So, if we're making so chocolate, you got to cho- make sure it's tempered. Now, here's, here's the story. This is why this is in the news. Okay, why? This Canadian team at Guelph University... Yeah. Down to the micro level, okay? Like, they're looking at the molecules of chocolate, Mm -hmm. have figured out a way to, a new way to temper the chocolate. I feel like your temper needs to be figured out right now. There's a lot of energy. And not only is this going to be good, but apparently it can really lessen the carbon (laughs) footprint of chocolate manufacturing around the world, all right? Because, you know, you think about big oil and whatever, but Mm -hmm. really what it comes down to it is, listen, kid, your Snickers bar is uh, warming the globe, okay? So congratulations to these scientists. I think I've accurately described the process that they've invented, right? (laughs) Okay. I still have no idea what we're talking about. You're the one who knew about tempering. Okay, so big congratulations. Just keep that in mind next time you're enjoying a delicious chocolate kiss. (laughs) Just did two minutes on tempering chocolate. Very nice. Um, If you don't know what tempering chocolate is, it's heating and cooling chocolate to stabilize it for making candies and confections. And Paul is very excited about this new news. Anyway, yeah, because this the scientist team they found a new way to temper it, and they're like, "Wow, we don't need to do that anymore. We don't need to do this. I guess to do it on a marble table and blah blah blah. You just." Add the sufficient amounts of a specific phosphor solid okay. for lipid, yeah. which is a, one of the minor elements of chocolate. Oh, at do you hear that? Molecule song? level. Oh, here's that actually helps run. with the temperature. It's called Then Again it's in amazing. the Zone. BC Ferries announced it's going to start doing night sailings, and we have some ideas of what you might find on a BC Ferry night sailing. Well, the arcade. It'll be switched into a casino. The Pacific Buffet only has oysters and strawberries. The ice cream machine is full of frozen margaritas. The children's play area is an adult 
play area. The Queen of New Westminster is not only a boat, she's our new favorite drag queen. And the Sea West Lounge, well, it's still the Sea West Lounge. It's just very sexy. off the hop there we were talking about how there might be some nighttime ferry sailing so we just want to dive into this a little bit more because mm-hmm. it's not just as easy as like opening the schedule 24 hours yeah. now, as fun as that was oh. to imagine <laughs> yeah. one of the jokes we didn't use that I liked is like can you imagine you go back there and that naturalist you know yeah she's back there she knows all the animals little nocturnal behaviors and she's gonna tell you all about them oh yeah and there's like a resident DJ like the captain is also <laughs> a DJ you know that would be pretty sweet for like nighttime sailings but that's not the, the Lights are low. No, that's not <laughs> no, what's no. happening. Um, so there's going to be a few late night sailings between Nanaimo and Tawasin. And the reason they're doing this is pretty much to open it up for commercial vehicles because they're right. finding that so many people are ordering things online that all the oh, commercial whoa. vehicles is taking up some space. So they're going to leave some for the evening time for these vehicles. I didn't realize it was about that. But, but I mean, that makes perfect sense. I was just thinking like, yeah, commercial vehicles. That's great. If they know they can stay and go on the nighttime. Yeah. But that's fewer spots, fewer big, giant, semi-truck-sized spots taken up for you and me when we're late to the ferry. Possibly, yeah. And then they're also going to be allowing a limited number of regular passengers on okay. one of the decks as well. So if yes. there's room for passengers, they'll say, oh, come on over. Um, but this is for 9.15 p.m. and 12.15 a.m. So I was thinking, though, like, if we could just keep on, keep this going, it goes well. What yes. if we did have, like, one nighttime safe? for regular passengers for like after a concert in Vancouver. That's the one. We got to like start this petition now. We got to <laughs> keep the pressure on. You're, if you can sail the boats at night, please, for especially those concert nights, Ooh. take a look at concert nights for Vancouver Islanders to be able to come back the same night <laughs> yeah. after seeing, you know, a big Kings of Leon show or something like that and not have to splurge for the hotel in Vancouver. That would be so great. Weeknights? Come home on a weeknight? Can you oh, imagine? Yeah. Work in the morning, no problem. We'll call it the sleep in your own bed initiative. <laughs> yeah. Wildfires, unfortunately, are a big reality in our province mm-hmm. this summer, and uh, it's really no laughing matter. And you know, not to make light of it at all, it's a, it's a dangerous and, and real thing that happens to people in our province. Um, we're pretty blessed so far here in Vancouver Island. Oh, yeah. You know, there's not too many communities that are uh, super affected. But you know, you never know. When things just getting worse and worse every summer, you never really never know. And one thing I always like imagine is. If you did have a fire encroaching on your house, mm-hmm. if you lived kind of on the edge of nature or whatever, what would you do? Is there anything you could do to protect your home? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. Right? Yeah. And people always make fun of me. Like, what, are you going to get up on the roof with the garden hose and just, like, spray the fire away? Mm. No. However, I'm reading today, there are ways to make your home more resistant to wildfires. Okay. Let me read you a, a few of here. Proactive landscaping. Oh, yeah, if you have just like these, uh, there's like circle of rocks mm-hmm. instead of, you know, combustible plants and what have you, hmm. that could actually do quite a bit oh. to stop the fire from encroaching on your house. Hmm. Okay, making fun of me for getting up on the roof with a garden hose, but guess what? You can get rooftop sprinklers hmm. in areas like BC's interior. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of residents are thinking about it, like putting sprinklers up on the rooftop that can just like spray things down and help them sleep a little bit easier. Oh, 
interesting. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a, there's a few things. You can go and look it up online if you're interested in, like, ways you can protect your house. But then I also think about, like, just, um, you know, making sure that you're, like, being fire aware within your own house. Okay. And making sure that you don't start, like, a house fire and things like that. Because I've been going down this um, kind of, like, TikTok rabbit hole of this person who cleans out the vents that attach to the dryers. Okay. So... You know, there's like the lint catcher, but then it goes beyond that, right? And it goes through your wall and there's a big tube and you're supposed to clean that out often as well. And I don't think I have ever cleaned that out. I've never heard of that. Right? So they take like this snake, kind of like you use for plumbing, and they put it to a drill and they clean it out. And just the amount of lint that comes out, like almost a lint tornado. Sometimes you find bird's nests in there and everything like that. And that is one of like the big causes for house fires. Yeah, of course. So a reminder to clean that out. Didn't know you had to do that, but I'm going to be doing that in the next few weeks here for sure. Well, I'm certainly going to be watching those videos because oh, the way yeah. you describe it sounds so satisfying. It's very satisfying. What do you think is better, the pimple popping videos? Or uh, the... I have to be in the right mood for that one. But the lint ones you can watch any old time? It's safe. It's safe for work, you know? <laughs> oh, boy. The, the drama with the coyotes over in Vancouver is just like heating up and heating up. Do you know what they said recently, too? The park board is blaming. First, there was that theory that the coyotes were all on drugs. Okay, I don't know how true that was. Now the park board is saying that it's uh, like Instagram people out there and trying to get TikToks with the coyotes that they're luring them out (laughs) with food so that they can get pictures of them and post them up on social media. And then they made this and then they that actually backfired on them because they were posting pictures of themselves like putting up, you know, barriers to close the park at dusk. Right. And then in the background of one of the pictures is a coyote. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so they're closing Stanley Park at 7 o'clock now to try and keep people out. Is that right? Yeah, and i sorry. You know what? I shouldn't even be laughing because, like, I think overnight three more people. Oh, my gosh. You know, since yesterday have been attacked by these things. Uh, We don't really have coyotes here in Victoria, but uh, we do have cougars. And apparently there's actually been two sightings of cougars in the last few days here at Keating Crossroad and Kirkpatrick Crescent in central Saanich. And then the second one was at Mount Newton Crossroad and Central Saanich Road area. That was in the last two days. So just yeah. a heads up, if you're in that area, be extra careful of your little doggies and kiddos. Yeah. We don't want anything bad happening. Gosh, what would you take, you know, if you really, if you have the choice, would you take one pretty chill cougar or a pack of drugged up coyotes? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. I think I'd take the coyotes still because I think I could like with my, you know, like if I had a pill bottle with me, I could shake them away. Like, hey, oh, get out of here. That's you. all it takes. That's all it, get out of here. I know you're on drugs, but leave me alone and they probably would run away. Yeah, I don't want to mess with a cougar, that's for sure. There has been a lot of talk about changing BC's name. British oh, yes. Columbia. People want to change it to acknowledge its indigenous history. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just been a lot of, yeah, talks and polls about this. Mm-hmm. And the majority of people are not in favor of changing British Columbia's name. Boy, do we get a real strong answer to that. Yeah, like 60% of all the people they serve are like, like no, it's no, fine. I don't want to change. But what was interesting, they did this online poll and uh, people between the ages of 18 and 34, 37%, so about just over one third were in favor of changing BC's name. And then mm-hmm. those who were old, over the age of 55 was just 14% in favor. Right. So a uh, younger crowd were more open to change. Where do you stand with this? Yeah, I'm with that. With that. The younger you are, the, the more open you are to the change. I'm mm. totally into it as well. I feel like I've always felt this way that like British Columbia is the coolest province. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, I'm going to go out there and say that. Okay. Maybe I'm limiting my prospects across the country. But I think when it comes to cool points... Pretty cool. BC's way up there. And we get the lamest name. Mm. Manitoba. Wow. Beauty. What a cool name. Saskatchewan's wow. pretty fun because no one knows how to say it. Say it again. Saskatchewan. Ontario. Wow. Okay, cool. Ontario. 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 Yeah. And then British Columbia comes in. Wait, let me do one more. The Yukon. Fun. Right? Yeah. Oh, you know what you're getting up there. <laughs> That's wild God's country. I love it so much. The Yukon. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go on. And then we get British Columbia. And have you noticed, too, if you say, oh, I'm from BC and you're abroad somewhere, they have no idea where that is. Right. Right? You're like, oh, are you from the UK? What oh, is this about? Uh, is I've that... never heard of British Columbia. Are you from Columbia? It's got, yeah, it's some South American co- co- yeah, where colony are you? somewhere. I have no idea. Yeah, it's less of a name. Compared to Saskatchewan, Manitoba, all those other ones, right. more of like a short and boring sentence. <laughs> yeah, like a statement. <laughs> so listen, the holidays are coming up. Uh, we'll hopefully get to gather with our family. Uh, if you're a little younger and you're cool with changing our name, have that super uncomfortable, terrible conversation with your family members. Mm. It'll be a nice change from vaccine passports. Oh. <laughs> you can just talk about, should we change the name of the province? Here are the reasons why. <laughs> Well, this may not be exactly how we wanted this situation to be resolved, but the province has decided that it will actually kill the aggressive coyotes in Stanley Park. Yeah, gosh, kind of too bad. But I mean, I suppose some sort of action needed to be taken. Uh, Here now, we do have a statement from a spokesperson involved in the decision. Like everything online these days, I'm upset now by this ranking of NHL mascots, okay? This uh, online betting website did like a big survey. How comprehensive could this survey possibly be? Let me take you down the top, some of the top mascots as ranked by this survey, okay? Okay. Number one, Carlton the Bear from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, I had to look him up. He's a little polar bear. People love polar bears because they're dying you know it's like there's like a soft spot in our hearts for them so Uh maybe that has something to do with it it's a very boring generic bear i'm sorry (laughs) it sucks here's 10 minutes of paul just like just going ham and talking against all mascots i'm in take me through it saber tooth from the buffalo sabers i'm not familiar Howler the Coyote for the Arizona Coyotes. Ooh, Coyotes. Controversial topic right now. Yeah, you said it. Yeah. Um, Okay, let me take you down some of the worst ones. Stinger from the Columbus Blue Jackets. This probably is some kind of hornet. No one wants to vote for that. Mm. Gritty. Okay. The most recognizable. This is how flawed this is. Gritty is the most recognizable mascot across sport these days. Gritty came out looking crazy, googly eyes, crazy social media presence. Gritty deserves to be up in the top, I would say, 10 at least, maybe top five of this list. He's down at number 21. Maybe it's because he's been having some bad behavior lately and they're trying to teach him a lesson. Could be. Okay, what about the Canucks, though? Where is Finn? This is where I'm getting upset. Finn is all the way down at 26. Wow. Look at As much as I'm (laughs) mad that I think, yeah, probably a bunch of, you know, Toronto people filled this survey out and that's why their bear, boring teddy bear, is number one. Finn, the mascot. Maybe I'm biased because I'm from this part of the world. Finn the mascot goes toot toot and steam comes out of the top of its head. Actual steam? Actual steam. Is it because it's so hot in the costume that steam comes out? Possibly. Yeah. But when you do it on command like that, that's a sweet element of 
by mascot, and I can't believe it's all the way down the list. Second to last, Harvey the Hound from Calgary. Now, oh, if you're wow. familiar with this, it's a pretty bunk-looking dog, so... <laughs> That one, I kind of have to agree with. I'm sorry if you're from Calgary. I don't mean to be more divisive today, but it's not a great-looking dog. People are rightfully upset on the text line that uh, Gritty isn't just number one. Like, mm. this conversation is over. Gritty came out and just, like, revolutionized what it means to be an NHL mascot. Um, I just was talking to Art Aronson. Now, Art knows a lot more about sports than me. Mm-hmm. Number one, Art said? What? Finn? Mm. Not that good. Mm. The whale mascot for the Canucks. Okay. Yeah, he said he was a goof. And then he said that it's over. Gritty is number one with a bullet in the NHL, and he's one of the top mascots across all of sport. I think I agree with that just because it's one of the mascots that I know. I don't know a lot of them, and Gritty <laughs> was able to just, like, get press releases, do controversial things, uh-huh. and everyone knows about Gritty and his behaviors, and, yeah, I'm a big fan of Gritty. Yeah. yeah. Can you even name ten other mascots? No. Yeah. No, I can't. But I was just thinking about, like, city mascots, because mm-hmm. Sometimes cities come up with mascots. Like here in Victoria, we had Mr. Floaty mm-hmm. because of our sewage problem. Great mascot. Um, Metro Vancouver. Do you know that they actually came up with some mascots as well? That's right. For like a similar thing, right? Yeah. They were having some sewage problems. People were flushing the wrong things down the toilets. You just keep it to pee and poo. So they came up with the mascots, pee and poo. Yeah. And they're exactly what you think. They're big mascotty <laughs> versions of a yellow drop of pee and a poop. Yeah. So we have some pretty crappy mascots here in BC. Great stuff, um, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get someone like Gritty, though? How fun would that be for yeah. Victoria? I would love that. If Gritty told me to only flush pee and poo, <laughs> yeah. I'd listen to Gritty. So we've been keeping our eye on the Paralympics, um, but from what we can see, there's been a lot of disqualifications. Um, one, this one is devastating. Yeah, this one's really sad. And Paul, I think you can relate to this the most. Um, you'll see why. Because this Malaysian shot putter, Zayed <laughs> Zulkefli, had appeared to win a Paralymp- Paralympic gold in shot put. And then after getting the gold was disqualified because he came late to the actual event, three minutes late. He was allowed to compete after arriving late because he had a logical reason at the time, okay, according yeah, to the like statement. traffic was bad or whatever. Yeah, whatever the reason was. And so the World Para-Athletics uh, was like, hey, and so let him go ahead and compete. Mm -hmm. Not only did he win gold, he actually broke his own world record achieving a throw of 17.94 meters. Oh my gosh. Now here's where the whole thing goes bad. A late later, a referee said that there was no quote, no justifiable reason for the late arrival. Uh, And that, so that Paralympians gold medal was removed. Heartbreaking. That's so heartbreaking. Imagine going all that way, just being late from traffic or something, or maybe you just lost track of time, got lost along the way, and you make the biggest record ever for yourself. You're in gold, and then it's taken away from you? That's brutal. I would so prefer, like, this would be heartbreaking, too. You're three minutes late. (sighs) Can I still compete? I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry I was late. I got bit (laughs) by a dog. And then they were like, no. Sorry, no, dog bite, not a justifiable reason. Sorry, you can't compete. That already would be a story. Go home, be cry, be sad. (laughs) This is, no, I beat my own personal best of world record. Oh, that's heartbreaking. That's stripped? Now, the reason why we say that, like, this is relatable for Paul is because he's always three minutes late to everything. 
we actually got called out because we kept on doing the mixtape, which is supposed to start at five o'clock, but we kept on starting it at five o three because we were late. I don't want to point fingers, <laughs> but this is an actual issue, mm-hmm. you know. And um, yeah, anyway. Okay, I feel you, dude. <laughs> yes, obviously. By the way, time is a construct. Okay, it yeah. doesn't matter. And um, I hope there's outrage over this, and I hope this referee can go back on this decision and give this guy his gold medal back. Yeah, I hope so, too. Ugh. Thanks for joining the PJ Party. For more from Paul and Jenny, get them live 2 to 6 weekday afternoons on The Zone at 913 or around the world via the Internet's tubes at thezone.fm. Do them a solid and leave a review wherever you get this podcast and tell your friends about it. Paul and Jenny are both on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so get in touch. Thanks for joining the PJ Party.